Hi, I'm Victor Miller. I wrote Friday the 13th, and you're listening to Genretainment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Genretainment. If by chance you're new to the show, Genretainment is part of SciFiPulseRadio.com, and we're your hosts, Marks and Julie. Now, Genretainment is where we talk about what's happening in the world of film, TV, books, and web series. We give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. Now you're listening to episode 127, and this time we're chatting with producer Adi Shankar. Now Adi has produced such hit films as The Grey, Dread, and the Netflix animated series Castlevania. We talked to him about the second season of Castlevania, coming out October 26th, how he got started in filmmaking, discuss his bootleg universe on YouTube, which has given us such fun reimaginings of icons like The Punisher, Dirty Laundry... Venom, Truth and Journalism, and Power Rangers. Now we also ask him about his upcoming superhero series, and we discuss the controversy over Apu and The Simpsons, and Addy's plan to help move the discussion forward. Now let's begin the interview. Hi Addy, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're a producer, actor, born in India, moved to the U.S. at age 16. You know, the success of your film, The Grey, starring Liam Neeson, made you youngest producer, to have number one film in North American box office, and your bootleg YouTube bootleg universe has made you a fan favorite of many. Before we get into what you're currently working on or have it coming up, can you give us just a little look into how you got started in filmmaking and started your producing career? I just started doing it, man. I <laughs> I didn't really know, and I didn't have any connection into Hollywood. I, I didn't know anybody. There were no entry points really for someone from the outside, especially someone not from this country into the business. I just, I guess that gave me an, a, a layer of fearlessness because there really weren't any expectations for me to succeed. I just started doing it. I just woke up and just started making phone calls and saying, I'm a producer. What's up? (laughs) That's great. Is producing something you love the most, or do you want to do a little bit more acting or writing or directing down the road? I I really, I'm doing, I I do do, I'm currently doing all all of the above other than acting. So (laughs) other than acting, but you know, there's, there's a level at which I'm kind of method acting and, in real life. <laughs> so there's that. So one of the big reasons we wanted you on the show is talk about, you know, the upcoming second season of, of the Netflix animated project, Castlevania. Mm-hmm. How did that project first come about with Netflix? So it was actually, so Castlevania, not as an anime, as a live action adaptation came to me as something to do in 2012. I mean, this was around the time Dread was coming out. And at first I was super excited. And then I realized like, all right, the people involved here just don't want to make something authentic to Castlevania. And this was going to just be another one in the line of another entry in a long line of video game adaptations that completely missed the mark and deviated from the source material and really, you know, had a similar name to the source material, but very different other than that. So so that came to me 2012. I, I eventually passed thinking, you know what, this will never come back. Better just not to get excited about Castlevania. Then in 2015, so 2014, so now like literally two and a half years later, I was getting ready to leave Hollywood. I was just kind of so sick of it. I, you know, I just, it just felt like an industry that was about to implode anyways, uh, due to the advent of the, the internet, streaming technology, which were all kind of starting to mature at that point or, or really starting to come into their own at that point. And I was like, you know, this is done. I'm, o- I'm out of it. Uh, I'm going to just go to grad school and do something else with my life. 
And I had a list of a couple things I wanted to do. Uh, one of them being to make a short film of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the way I saw it as a kid, which was really dark. And it was, a, in my mind, it was a story about a bunch of high school kids who were being recruited and weaponized by a cult <laughs> to go fight an intergalactic war that they had nothing to do with. So that short got made, got something like 18 million views in a day. Um, and it just became a thing. To the, so much that so to the point where like CNN was covering it, <laughs> it was it was nuts. And again, I, I you know I had no intentions of, of sticking around. I was like, you know what, I'm I'm still I'm still out of here. But then Netflix actually reached out to me on Twitter, so I I went in for this meeting with uh, with folks over at Netflix, who were very supportive, very nice, very warm, and very friendly, and uh, you know kind of posed the question, what do you want to do next? And that, that conversation gave birth to Castlevania literally days later. So I guess a couple of key takeaways from that story. One, uh, Netflix is awesome. Um, they allowed us to make this show, not just for the fans, but it was also, they, you know, it was, it was, it was fans making it behind the scenes too. So it, we're all fans. We're making it for fans, but there's a level of authenticity here that is ingrained in the DNA of this show that wouldn't have been there had, the 2012 live action version happened. Mm -hmm. So one, Netflix is awesome. And two, it just goes to show like how, how complicated the process was of making the show from its green light in the summer of 2015 to, you know, it coming out in the fall or in the summer of 2017. So it was like a two year, it was a two year journey for, for really four episodes of, of a show. Mm -hmm. And that happened because, there were a few things that were ground rules, just absolute ground rules. Forget the story, just ground rules from a, from a, from a visual perspective, right? Like when I was growing up in Hong Kong, there would be these awesome an anime OVAs on TV, you know, things like Ninja Scroll, mm -hmm. which were done in this 2D hand-drawn style. That style over, over time started, you know, disappearing to the point where it just kind of vanished completely. And it was very important to bring that look back, that style back. Now, easier said than done because it then involved having to construct a team that could actually pull it off. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just a turnkey solution. It wasn't just, okay, well, we call this company and that company will do it. It, it, was, it was having to, to, to effectively create a network in order to pull it off. So, so now here we are. We're three years later and there'll be eight more episodes. Awesome. So double the amount of episodes, great. And I like the the animated look. It's I think it's really great, and it is a style that that I definitely prefer too. I was wondering because it's pretty gritty. I was wondering if you get any pushback from that. But it sounds like Netflix was on board with it because because you guys were had this fan vision to it. So that's great. Yes. If anyone's seen season one, it doesn't like wrap up everything or anything like that. Um, is this a series that you have ideas what are going to happen each season? Is this like a long-term plan or are you just kind of taking it each season as you go? So there's this whole like lost theory of making TV shows where you make it up as it goes along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I vehemently, I vehemently dis despise that form of storytelling. Mm -hmm. I think it cheats the audience and really that's not really storytelling. It's just, stringing together a bunch of monsters of the week in order to create the illusion of depth. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the opposite of that. 
Awesome. I'm glad. I always like to hear hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a plan. Now, look, things, things might change. Nuance might change. Mm-hmm. But there's, a, there's kind of like a, 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 an overarching narrative that's, there to int- that's intended to reward the audience for sticking around, right? Mm-hmm. Again, Marvel does a great job of this. You know, like the, if you watched Infinity War, you're like, oh, wow, this is, a, this is like a thank you for 10 years of this stuff. Awesome. I'm glad you're taking that approach. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add in regards to Castlevania? No, other than like, you should watch it. <laughs> I... Yes, yes. I suggest everyone should watch it. I'm looking forward to season, seeing season two for sure. So moving on to Bootleg Universe, you know, where you reimagine pop culture icons like Punisher, Venom, Power Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. So what uh, you touched upon a little bit, but what what kind of really inspired you to do that that channel and reimagine those characters? Because I'm from the future, and I knew that if I did a bootleg adaptation of Power Rangers, it would lead to Castlevania. <laughs> well, good. I wonder if it. I, I don't remember what happened, you know, chronologically, but I wonder if that helped spur on some popularity to make the the new Power Rangers movie they made, or not. I don't know. And now yeah, it totally did. Yeah, it totally did. No, it did. <laughs> That's what happened. It's it's weird, right? Because I'm like sitting here going like, all right, so a bunch of years ago, I made a Punisher short film that served as the inspiration for a Punisher series. Uh-huh. I did a Venom thing. Mm-hmm. And now there's a Venom movie. And and obviously there's the, the, the Power Rangers. But it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. I, you know, it's crazy that that short film, like it's crazy that fan films have an impact. I don't know. It's, just, I, it's not crazy to me because I'm, I'm into fan films. In regards to fan films and reimagining works, you know, um, I know we have a lot of creative listeners, filmmakers and stuff that listen to the show. You know, for any of them thinking about doing a fan film or reimagining, you know, what what property, what, what's in a property that makes you go, I need to reimagine this? And, and how do you approach, you know, revamping, rebooting that? Um, so what really inspired these fan films I can't really remember which one came first, but, I, you know, I remember walking around it was like Walmart or something as a, as a, as a teenager and going, Oh, if I ever have the power one day, I want to do like an anthology series of different interpretations of, of the DC comics characters. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it was a combo of that thought, which probably slightly inspired by Elseworlds. Uh-huh. Uh, the Elseworld comics um, from DC, and uh, and I think what really spurred all this, or spawned all this rather, my family moved to Singapore, and I was just kind of I didn't really know anyone, and I had like three months at a summer break where I was just kind of sitting there, didn't know anyone, and uh, I got really into like you know downloading movies and watching them because there was nothing else to do, and I was into movies at the time. So I eventually ran out of movies to watch, but then all of a sudden I saw this thing uh, on a site called Batman Dead End. And for those of you who, who, who don't know what Batman Dead End is, it's a Batman fan film from the early 2000s. So it starts with Batman chasing the Joker and he fights the Joker. And the next thing you know, um, Alien shows up from the Alien franchise. And the next thing you know, Predator shows up from the Predator franchise. And it was really mind-blowing to see it, at, at, especially at that point in time because I didn't even I had no idea what this was and then I started obviously looking it up and going what is this where did it come from and then 
realizing this wasn't an official thing. It was a thing called a fan film. And by the way, there's this whole deep dive community of people who make fan films, generally from the Star Wars universe. And, uh, and I think I just kind of forgot about it for, for years. Um, and for some reason, it didn't click for me right away when we were doing the Punisher Dirty Laundry fan film that this was a fan film. I think on some level, maybe I ran away from that, that, that word, that title of a fan film. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, there's something weird about the word and I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. And on some level, like everything should be a fan film, oh, true. right? Like you shouldn't be making something unless you're a fan of it. So therefore it should be a fan film. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, that's kind of how it played out, my man. <laughs> well, cool. I mean, you had and it's still playing out because, you know, yeah. Yeah. You had Thomas Jane play Punisher who is who played Punisher in one of the movies. So it's probably my, I do like the actor who plays Punisher in, in Netflix quite a bit, but besides him, Thomas Jane was always my favorite. I did want to ask you too, real quick, uh, because of bootleg universe. I saw that a few months ago, you kind of threw your hat into the Simpson, uh, Apu controversy and, uh, you know, asking for a script to focus on the character and, and write him in a more realistic portrayed way. I was wondering where that, where that kind of stands. Uh, I'm going to announce the winner very soon. Awesome. What inspired you to kind of, I mean, obviously you're from India, so it's, it's a, a very, you know, important thing, uh, you know, to, uh, I'm sure it's a very important thing to you, but what kind of inspired you to go ahead and, and throw your hat into that with the Simpsons or to in include that potentially with the bootleg universe? A few things. One, I just, I didn't like all the complaining that was going on, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I wanted to kind of extend an olive branch to, Mac running. Mm -hmm. I don't really didn't really believe he was a bad guy. I just thought there was just there was a lack of nuance going on in this whole conversation, right? So I wanted to just kind of move it outside of the he said she said mm -hmm. into a practical solution, and let's crowdsource this practical solution because if you guys were to focus group it, you guys being the Simpsons were to focus group it, I don't know if um, if it would work out that well, right? Um, so it started off from that perspective. And then obviously this, this, this thing like spiraled into a whole new thing, especially after like Kanye kind of shot a video about it. Well, I look forward to seeing who the winner is and how that turns out. So I think that's, I think that's a really brilliant idea. Yeah, no, it's, it's appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it it's, it's an inter it's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about because you know, it's not like I'm so offended and so appalled by everything the Simpsons stands for. That's, that's, that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I just wanted to move the conversation forward because the conversation just kept being in this infinite loop of someone says they're offended. Someone else says that the person who says they're offended is making it up or should not be offended. And it just kept being ping-ponging in this infinite loop. And I'm like, okay, this is this doesn't this actually doesn't make any sense. This is completely irrational. Yep. Like, do something about it, move it forward. And and it's kind of a gripe against my gripe against a lot of the old guard of Hollywood. There's just this level of hypocrisy, right? Like it, like on one hand, you can't be this this champion of of uh, free speech and satire. And then not acknowledge like a little, little issue like this yeah. or rather a big issue like this. There's just, there's just like this lack of acknowledgement, uh, lack of acknowledgement on, on a nuanced level on the part of the Simpsons. So that was, that, that, that there's a level of hypocrisy associated with that, right? Cause this is a, 
this is a this is a show that's now an institution that routinely satirizes everyone, and then kind of to kind of shut yourself off to criticism is is uh, is is hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing how that turns out. Who the winner is? Wanted yeah, to, I wanted to ask you a couple other real quick questions. I hear that you got an untitled Netflix original superhero series due for release in 2019. Is there anything you can hint about that at all? Even if it's just something really broad, like live action versus animated or something like that. Uh, I can hint that it's live action. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm looking for, I mean, I love all the Netflix stuff and I think it's great to see more superhero. I, oh, it's really great to see more original. I'm assuming that means it's not DC or Marvel to see something that's not DC Marvel. So so I look forward to seeing that. You know, thanks so much for being on our show. Before we go, can you let our audience know again where they can find you and remind them, you know, what your upcoming projects are uh, that they can check out? You can find me on the internet in some places, but honestly, I'd, you don't need to follow me. I really don't care. <laughs> follow, follow, uh, follow a charity organization. How about that? Um, and yeah, watch Castlevania season two on October 26th and bodied on November 2nd. Oh yes, with uh, you co-produced with Eminem, right? That that I produced with Eminem, exactly. Awesome. So known as Marshall Mathers. All right. Well, look forward to those projects, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us, and uh, and good luck. No, thank you, and uh, thank you for for having me. This was uh, this was fun, and I really enjoyed your questions. My generals, in killing my wife. Humanity has proven to me that they don't deserve the Earth. We will scour them off the land. My father, he's gone mad. And now he's going to destroy the world. Human scheme and betray. They all must die. Imagine it. without humans under endless night my god Dracula has to be destroyed we can't fail hi I'm John Rogers I created the show Leverage and wrote Transformers and you're listening to Genretainment A big thanks to Addy for taking the time to chat with us. Now, don't forget to check out Season 2 of Castlevania on Netflix on October 26th and his comedy drama film Bodied, which is releasing worldwide on November 2nd. So another episode is coming to a close, but before we go, we want to remind you that you can always keep track of us by subscribing to us on iTunes, by following our Genretainment Facebook page, my Twitter account, which is Mr. Marks, our website at Genretainment.com, or follow all the shows at SciFiPulseRadio.com. You can also click on over to markspile.com and subscribe to my email list if you want to keep up with Genretainment and my other creative projects. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until Until next next time. time. Monkey.